You're listening to the Uncensored Direct Marketing Show. This show is designed for direct response marketers who want raw, unfiltered conversion tips and secrets to scale their offers profitably to reach their next million. I'm Maria Sparagas. I'm the founder of Direct Paynet and your host. Now let's dive in. How frustrating is it that you prepare a whole application and you send it off to a processor and you get denied and you keep getting denied and you don't know why and you're spending a whole bunch of time putting these applications together, talking to processors, waiting, 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 and then denied and denied and denied. So uh, I'm here to help you clarify, you know, what you need to get approved for a merchant account application and just to avoid all this frustration and especially, you know, that just wasting your time. Um, filling out paperwork, uh, communicating with different parties and so forth. It's, you know, I mean, you have a business to run. This is definitely a part of running an online business is getting a merchant account, but it shouldn't be painful. It shouldn't be that difficult. I mean, it it obviously is a banking application, so it it will take some time, but, um, you know, if you do it correctly, you can get through it quickly and you can get the, a positive result instead of keep getting declined um, and not really understanding why. So you keep repeating your mistakes and you get more and more frustrated and waste more time. So, uh, you know, in order to avoid this frustration, I'm going to, you know, shoot this little quick video for you guys just to explain, you know, why you're getting declined, what you, what steps you can take to avoid being declined and how to keep, you know, your merchant accounts up and running. So you don't have to worry about that stuff because obviously not all merchant accounts are created equal. Um, there are some other differences and you can take a look at the channel. You'll see how many things we can talk about regarding merchant accounts. But in essence, if you find a provider that you like and you want to work with them and things are going well, you don't want to have, uh, you know, to go to, to redo this process. So, uh, save yourself some frustration and, you know, watch this video for a couple of minutes and you'll see that, uh, you know, you can get up and running with a merchant account quickly and, um, and, painlessly, uh, as least as, as you can, because obviously, you know, a banking application does, you know, is a couple of pages and there's information and so forth. But um, if you follow these instructions and you kind of just, you know, prepare all this stuff, this could be really quick. Um, And also if you have an assistant or somebody, you can have them walk through this video and learn how to do it for you. Um, It's important that, you know, when you get started to really understand the process, because if you pass it on to somebody else, this is a really mission critical uh, part of any operation payments, not being able to accept credit cards or not being able to accept payments can really put, um, you know, a damper on things if you're running an online business. So make sure that you understand the process before you hand it over to somebody else. Um, So, you know, the, the main issue here is a lot of times you apply through five different services. So you're looking for a merchant account and you just go online and you Google, you know, merchant accounts or whatever the case is, and you get a whole bunch of different websites and suggestions and people are referring you to different places. So you go ahead and you apply to five different ones all at the same time. Um, The thing that you have to understand, like a company like Direct Paynet works with banks. So we are, you know, a payment facilitator and we facilitate you getting payment solutions and you have to work with a sales office um, in order to get a merchant account. But ultimately we're going to a bank who is going to give you uh, a merchant account. And many processors like Direct Paynet also do the same thing. I mean, all of us, you know, all payment processors basically have what we call like a sponsoring bank or an acquiring bank. Um, And this acquiring bank, you know, could be helping a lot of sales offices sell merchant accounts. So if you apply, let's say to direct payment and you apply to a couple of other 
different places, you have to make sure that it's the bank is ultimately different. The bank is not necessarily going to be looking at the account um, right away or, or, or looking at every single account that each sales office is boarding. But ultimately, if you're going to the same place, it's the same policies and the same issues. So you could be sending a five applications that are all going to the same bank, but you see different processors, different sales offices on the application. So you fi figure these are different, but they're all going to, you know, Bank of America, for example. Um, but, you know, it's not branded as Bank of America. So you might not obviously see it right away. So you can ask the person that you're working with or the processor, Hey, you know, what's the bank that you're working with? I don't want to double up. Sometimes they don't want to tell you because they don't want you to circumvent them or something like that. So what you could do is just tell them, look, I've applied here. Is there any doubling up here? Um, the reason that I say that is because you, you just, you could just be wasting your time and you're, you're applying to five places, but ultimately it's one application because it's always going to the same place. So make sure that if you are applying to different places that they are actually different uh, applications and different banks that you're going to work with. Um, also, just kind of on that note, you could be applying to the wrong types of processors. So for example, here at Direct Paynet, we can help adult merchants, CBD merchants, we can help subscription merchants. We have a lot of, you know, high risk sectors that we work with, but there's some sectors that we don't work with. Um, and, you know, we're, we're very transparent about it. And most processors have a restricted list or a prohibited list. So um, it's, it's important to know if these are industries that you're working with and there's no need to push. If, if you go to a processor and you're, you have a CBD, um, store and they don't process for CBD, I mean, don't waste your time. They're telling you it's prohibited. They're not going to change their mind. It, it, they need each processor needs certain guidelines for different industries. And if they don't have those guidelines ready, they're not going to make exceptions for you. So just make sure you're transparent at the beginning. You contact the processor, you tell them what you're selling. And if they say yes, good. If not, then just move on. There's really no point in trying to force them to, to bring on an industry that they don't support. Um, so, you know, just kind of going to my last point is don't lie. I mean, if, if you're selling CBD um, and you just say it's supplements and then they board you. And then a week later, guess what? They find out you're selling CBD because they see chargebacks coming in or they, they review the transactions. You're just wasting your time. Cause you, you, you know, you've might've gone through a whole integration setup and so forth just to say, you know, a week later, Hey, we don't support CBD. Why didn't you tell us? So just show the real picture, explain what your business is about. I mean, you don't have to be super transparent about every single detail about the business, but you know, the product, and, you know, the pricing should be pretty clear. Like if you're selling CBD on a free trial, don't say, hey, we don't have trials and then start doing trials. So just kind of explain uh, briefly what you're selling, what the main price points are. And if they say yes, then go ahead with the application. I also would not do an application until you get confirmation that the processor that you're going to apply with actually supports your industry just in case. Um, I mean, unless you're selling something benign like shoes or t-shirts online, which most processors will, will do is fine. But if you're in a niche that's like, you know, CBD or supplements or dating or adult or anything like that, then you need to verify that stuff. Um, so the important thing is now that you've kind of established what's going on and how to apply is how do you get approved? So, you know, especially if you're in a high risk niche where you're selling, you know, something that's a little bit harder to board like CBD or uh, an information product or, you know, a crypto course or whatever the case is, these are difficult things to get approved. So uh, once you've kind of established that, you know, you have a, a decent relationship with somebody and they're, they're willing to board this type of business is 
have somebody at the processing level, or if you have a sales agent, you know, sales agents are very helpful to help you with website compliance. They can look at your website and tell you, hey, you know, you're missing terms and conditions. You're missing this. There's no, the pricing isn't clear or, or you know, stuff, little, little details. Now it might sound, you know, crazy, like, well, why do I need to do that before I send an application? Because you might get declined because your website is not compliant. And if your website's not compliant, they won't tell you. They just say it's declined. And, and you won't know why until you ask and you kind of dig further. So going through the process of making sure that your website is compliant will take, you know, the better part of an hour, you'll, you know, determine what's wrong or, uh, you know, what needs to be changed or how you can be compliant if there's something that you're not willing to change, but maybe you can kind of soften it up. So similarly to how you get, you know, your Facebook ads approved or your YouTube ads approved or your Google ads approved, you know, there's a compliance um, that is necessary at the banking level. And if you don't, you're not compliant, you might just get declined and they might not even tell you why. It could be something super simple, like the link to your terms and conditions doesn't show up. And since you know, you have no terms on your site, you're not approved. So it depends on every single processor. Some, you know, will be a little bit more communicating, communicative with you and others will just say decline and you move on. So if you're working with a sales office, you know, take the opportunity to speak to somebody for a couple of minutes, have them go through your website, tell you if you're missing anything that, you know, could be problematic on the application. And then you can prepare uh, what I call an application package. So if you haven't had success with getting a merchant account and you keep getting declined, then you're applying to different places, you know, it could get, you get really bogged down with paperwork. It's super annoying because they're all asking for different things or, I mean, most of them, most, most of the, 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 the requests are similar, but you have to dig through them, see if it's correct and so forth. So what I tell merchants who are scaling and maybe need a couple of merchant accounts or, you know, have gotten declined and are trying their luck elsewhere is prepare what's called an app package. So an application package, have these documents ready. So when you get the application, you can quickly fill it in and you'll have all your supporting documents. So you can kind of send it out quickly. Um, you know, these are, you know, these include avoid check, um, an ID, like your, your ID, if you're the owner or the owner or director's ID with like a dry, um, a home address. So like a driver's license or something like that. If you don't have that, then you can just get an, let's say your passport with a utility bill, um, to show proof of address. If you're shipping products, then have your fulfillment agreement ready. I know a lot of, uh, merchants who ship products do like an online form for their fulfillment and they never get an agreement, but a lot of banks ask for it because when you're shipping products, they want to make sure that there's a reasonable delay of when these products are going to be shipped, how they're going to be shipped, like USPS, and if there's, you know, confirmations and so forth. So a lot of processors ask for fulfillment agreements. So have it ready. If you don't have one, contact your fulfillment provider and just say, hey, can you draft one up really quick for me and just kind of put the main, main conditions in there. Um, if you're selling CBD or something that requires a license, have, you know, uh, the appropriate licenses ready. For example, for CBD, you'll need your, your certificate of analysis of your CBD products. So you'll need to have that ready and, and ready to go. So you might as well, if you have a lot of SKUs, have those in a file ready because every single processor that supports CBD merchants requires the COAs. Um, and then some other, you know, benign stuff like your bank, your business bank statements. And if you have previous processing history, then a couple of months of your processing history, 
have that in a folder and I can guarantee you it'll save you hours of digging and frustration kind of getting all this stuff. And if you send all this stuff to the processor with your application kind of already, it it also starts the relationship on a good foot because they're like, wow, this person is really transparent and is really giving us all the information that they can on their business. So, um, you know, the benefit is twofold there is that you look like a responsible merchant. You're more likely to, to get approved um, because you're organized. And then secondly, um, it avoids you a lot of time, you know, chasing these documents later on. Um, another thing that I would highly recommend. And this depends on your situation. I mean, keep in mind that um, this is a generalization. And if you have a specific case, then, you know, contact me or contact somebody from my team and we can kind of walk you through what's, what's the best course of action for you. But apply to one solution to start because, you know, if you go through the steps once and you get declined, you can ask the bank or whoever you're working with, hey, why did I get the client? And they'll tell you, they'll say, oh, well, you have a bad credit score or you have um, products that we don't allow or different things. Then you can kind of understand the full picture and then you can make the necessary corrections. If you have bad credit, you might want to get a separate director or you may contact a processor that works with people who have bad credit and so forth. So it's it's important to kind of get through the process once, ask a lot of questions. So make sure you ask, you know, if you've been declined or if they're coming back to you and they're saying, we need a really high reserve, we can only pay you every 15 days. If you have really like kind of terrible terms in order to accept the merchant account, ask why, uh, because you can make corrections, readjust and apply for another merchant account and be more successful. So uh, keep that in mind. And if you go to another processor, like I said, make sure it's a different solution. If you're working, whether you're working with direct paynet or anybody else, um, you might want to tell them who you've worked with in the past. So they don't double up because you're wasting, basically everybody's wasting their time. If you've been declined somewhere uh, for any reason, and we're just going to go back and resubmit. Um, if you have multiple options for for example, let's say you apply to two or three and they're actually all successful or they're all kind of working with you, um, you know, compare pricing. That's obviously a big one. Also compare service, compare reporting and compare support. Not all merchant accounts are created equal. Um, and there are some services like direct paynet where, you know, we have a team that kind of understands the payment process, but we also have a team that understands that you're running a business. So you might want to, you know, push the envelope and be a little bit more aggressive in your marketing. And we can give you specific tips on how to scale so, and have maybe a more aggressive offer or, or different tips to lower chargebacks and so forth. So no, not all processors will give you that level of service. And it really all depends on where you are. If you have, you know, a small business and you're not really worried about that stuff, you're not doing anything too aggressive you know, then maybe you just want to work with a, a payment aggregator like, like Stripe and not worry about it. If you're, you know, in a high risk niche and you can't work with Stripe and you want to work with a processor, but you're really doing a very, you know, benign offer uh, for your high risk niche, then maybe pricing is the only thing that matters. But um, obviously I, I may be impartial to this. I was a merchant at one point and I did find that you know, service and support and getting tips on how much I can push the envelope on my offer is very important. Uh, you know, I might sacrifice 0.1 or 0.2% um, extra fee in order to get somebody who's going to be able to help me um, lower my chargebacks, um, you know, support multiple different aggressive offers and so forth. So uh, do your homework and speak to people and, and kind of compare um, all these different things. And in terms of um, 
you know, if you apply to three places and let's say all of them are successful, all of them come back and say, Hey, you know, we can support your business. Let's move ahead. Usually most merchant accounts have low maintenance fees and you can ask, you know, what is the maintenance fee if an account is dormant? I definitely don't, you know, suggest that you go on and waste people's time and open a whole bunch of accounts and never use them. But if you apply to two or three and they all are successful and you're, you know, you're scaling quite quickly and you have a high risk business, like, uh, like I said, in supplements or CBD or something like that, you might want to keep all the accounts. You, you never want to decline an account because usually it's less than a hundred bucks to maintain an account. Sometimes even 25, 30, depending on who you're working with and, and your niche. So sometimes you could just leave them dormant for a couple of months and use them when you need them. You just never know. Um, being in high risk verticals, you can never have enough merchant accounts and have enough merchant relationships and positive ones. So um, if you get approved, you know, you choose, you know, the main one that you'd send maybe most of your volume, and then you can send split off 10% of your volume somewhere else to keep some of the accounts active, uh, but not, you know, used as much so you can have them as backups. So those are the main tips. And obviously communication is key. When you do get declined, find out why, ask a lot of questions. It'll help you for your next apps. And um, having your app package will obviously help you save a ton of time. So, so do that. As frustrating as all this stuff is, ultimately, you know, it's, let's call it a couple of weeks of frustration, but working with somebody that you want to work with, they'll hold your hand throughout the process and they'll make it as seamless as possible. Obviously getting a merchant account is not as seamless as working with a, an aggregator like Stripe or PayPal. Those are, you know, maybe a little bit faster. Well, a lot faster, I should say. They're a lot faster and easy to set up. But as you can see in a lot of my other videos um, and just, you know, everything I talk about in terms of Stripe and PayPal is that those solutions, you know, are easy to set up, but they are also more volatile and can cause you more problems later on, especially if you're in a high risk niche. So go on and listen to some of my episodes about Stripe um, and payment aggregators, and uh, you can do some Googling to, to see what is your best option. I hope you enjoy this episode. And as usual, if you have any questions or any comments, feel free to comment below on the episode or reach out to me at directpaynet.com. Myself or one of my team members will get back to you shortly. Thank you so much. Have a great day.